What if you were born with a disease that you always knew would kill you? And then what if all of a sudden you were given a second chance? Well, that's exactly what happened to me. And it's the question that we explore on the new podcast series, Breathless from Snack Labs. Join me, Jeremy Saunders, for a series that explores what it means to live and die, to love and to lose, and what it's like to have your whole life turned upside down and the unexpected challenges that come with a life-saving drug. You can listen to Breathless now, wherever you get your podcasts. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Bridie here to introduce this week's guest, Morgan Richard. So Morgan is a sex and relationship researcher at the Sex Meets Relationship Research Laboratory, which is based in our own backyard in New Brunswick. Um, We chatted with Morgan specifically about a a research paper that she wrote um, about incidences of sexual harassment uh, acted on massage therapists by their clients. Uh, For probably no one, do I need to describe why that topic is interest is of interest to me? But you know, just just in case you need to hear it, I'm in massage school, and that title uh, really jumped out at me. We really enjoyed chatting with Morgan. It was a really sweet conversation, and I think we had some really good takeaways. So enjoy listening, and Jeremy and I will see you on the other side. All right, let's uh, let's do this. Okay, so this week we are joined by Morgan Richard, and I am really excited to have you on the show, Morgan. Um, I found you through a search that I was doing on one of your professors, I believe, 
Um, really always excited to talk to anybody who's in our neck of the woods or our neighborhood. And you are located in New Brunswick. And um, basically, I, I think I, maybe it was a conversation on CBC or maybe I read something uh, online that was attributed to um, your professor, uh, a doctor of psychology. Um, I'm not sure if it's Lucia or Lucia, but it's a great Lucia. name. Lucia. Lucia yes. O'Sullivan. And um, so I, I tracked her down at the University of New Brunswick. And as I was sort of taking a look at at the, the link to her, I, I believe it must be her website, sexmeetsrelationships.com. Yes. I found this great resource of, of well-researched um, subjects that would pretty much all fit on our podcast. Lots to do with monogamy, lots to do with cool. sex. And um, e the title of a paper that you wrote leapt out at me because as everyone listening probably knows by now, I'm a student of massage therapy. And the article, the name of the the paper that caught my eye, which I actually can't find right now, was something about uh, a report on sexual assault on uh, massage therapists by their clients. Is that Do I have that title correct? Yes. I mean, it was sexual harassment. harassment. Um, there's a little difference there, but um, for this particular uh, paper, it was mostly about sexual harassment. But yeah, that's, that's it. So you're a researcher. Can you tell us a little bit about uh, yourself and, and what you do? Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Yeah, so I am, I'm really um, a PhD student. And um, I started off, I have my Bachelor of Science in Biology and my Bachelor of Arts uh, in Psychology. So I uh, continued with psychology after I graduated and um, I'm in a master's PhD combined program. Um, it's an experimental psychology program at the University of New Brunswick. Cool. And I'm supervised by Dr. Lucia O'Sullivan. Uh, and so that's that's our lab, uh, Sex Meets Relationships. That's Lucia's lab. And um, so I, uh, I really kind of call myself um, a relationships researcher, I guess, uh, in training <laughs> at this point still. Um, but my research focuses on uh, sexual violence prevention and um, also a little bit on adolescent development as well moral development. Um, yeah. Do you say moral development? Yes. What does that mean? So that means like um, looking at how children start to understand the difference between right and wrong, um, the difference between truth telling and lying, um, when people tell a kind lie or a kind truth and you know, the differences behind the kind of social meanings of, of those things. And that research, actually, I'm um, a research assistant in a lab at the University of British Columbia. And that research is led by uh, Dr. Ann Cameron. What is, what, what is a kind lie? Like, that like, shirt looks great on you, Jeremy. Right, yeah, but, you, like but, you actually, but you really hate this shirt. If I really hated that shirt, that would be a kind lie. Right, 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 right. Right? Is that <laughs> right, a pretty exactly. apt example? Yeah. 
But if the shirt is so insanely ugly. Is it kind anymore? Is it really that kind? Let's ask the expert. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what we ask. uh, That's what we're asking kids. (laughs) (laughs) Do you watch the, uh, the Instagram channel recess therapy or whatever? Yeah. Recess therapy. Recess therapy. Oh my. I mean, I'm sure it won't apply to your research whatsoever, but, but it is, it's, I mean, it's like, it's kids say the darndest things, but for today and, and, and far more friendly and, yes. and not weird. Um, <laughs> but it is, it's one of the most endearing, sweetest things I've, I've ever come across on Instagram in my life. Um, well, I have to, uh, I have to follow them. You should. Sure. It's Definitely. really cute and really funny. Yeah. You have a really interesting combined interests yeah. coming together in your research and career. Is, is Can you give us like a little background information on, how, why those subjects are intriguing to you? Sure, sure. Yes. Well, um, I actually kind of started getting into social sciences because I volunteered at an organization on campus and uh, it's um, a center, the Merrill McQueen Ferguson Center for Family Violence Research. So I started working there um, uh, not conducting any research, but sort of volunteering, doing their social media or um, administrative type work. Um, and they do a lot of research there uh, about intimate partner violence, family violence, and violence against women. And they have, um, there's sort of a foundation, a separate foundation that supports the, the research center. It's called the Ferguson Foundation. So I've worked with them for the past about six years. And that sort of got me um, interested in caring about these kind of issues of gender-based violence. Mm -hmm. And then I uh, was taking psychology courses like close relationships and human sexuality and um, learning about how there really is like an entire uh, branch of of psychology dedicated to sex and relationships. And uh, so so then I was able to do my my honors project with my supervisor today. I I was working with her for my honors as well um, in psychology. And uh, that honors was looking at um, students on campus, uh, bystanders of sexual assault and kind of their responses to um, the assaults that they saw. And if their responses had anything to do with their endorsement of rape myths. So if they believe things like, you know, um, well, because a woman was dressed this way, it's not surprising that this happened to her type thing. Those types of myths that um, sort of make, sort of like allow people to justify perpetrating sexual violence. So that's how I sort of got interested into the sexual violence uh, aspect of things. And um, yeah, I just sort of went from there. I've just been able to kind of jump on projects uh, being a research assistant and then just kind of being able to stick around after my contract ends. <laughs> I, I I always find the work of researchers so fascinating and um, especially like the, the, the ways that you have to go about conducting your work and, and 
a lot of it I'm 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 guessing has to do, especially with with the work that you're doing in in, in terms of research and like the psychology and and the ways that people think and um it 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 likely involves a lot of uh interviews with people to to talk to them about their their experiences um and i'm curious about this this particular uh research you were doing on sexual assault uh uh in in university campuses i can imagine that was it hard for you to to find people to talk to to conduct that research when talking about something that is so um you know, so, so tough to talk about oftentimes for victims. Um, and it also sounds like you, you were talking to folks who might have been like, and correct me if I'm wrong, might've been perpetrating the, the assault itself. Like how, or how do you victim blame or vic, like a little bit of victim blame? Yeah. Like how do you, how do you find people to talk about these things openly? Um, what's the process there? Right. Well, um, we usually do not do interviews actually for, oh, okay, for okay. my work. Um, any quotes that I get, uh, will have kind of open-ended questions and surveys. So we're able to kind of at least lo- allow people to speak in their own words through that. Mm. But otherwise, you know, we have, um, online surveys, uh, that's primarily what we use, um, in my, in my lab and, this particular survey about sexual violence on campus uh, was a survey that was already completed. All the data was collected by the time I became involved. And that was done um, in collaboration with the university. So uh, they were able to kind of use the university's listserv to be able to have access to all the students on campus and um, just kind of encourage them to participate in the survey uh, if they're interested and to send that message out multiple times. Um, but, uh, you know, we have to make sure that people know, you know, you don't have to answer any question at all. You can skip questions. You don't even have to submit your, you know, responses. So that might make people feel a little safer. Um, but we also have other uh, kind of creative ways of looking for this information, particularly with perpetrators. Um, and I can't take credit for this. This is amazing research that's going on in my in my lab as well. Um, and they're looking at actually Reddit posts. Mm-hmm. So Reddit threads where um, people who are sort of what we call them as serial rapists, basically people who um, plan to perpetrate sexual violence, they have a method to it. And this is sort of the primary method that they use to kind of get sex, essentially. Wow. And so um, there's sort of, I I don't know if if it's like a community, you could call it, but there's kind of like, it seems a tendency to sort of brag about these things, share tactics, um, all tied to, you know, aspects of toxic masculinity and and uh these kind of reddit threads have given us at least a little glimpse into how these people are sort of planning to to uh victimize people other people wow 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 i that will now forever 
change. I spend so much time on Reddit and that will now forever change my thoughts on like serious, serious answers only type questions that are posted on Reddit. Cause I mean, and now I'm like, oh, is this, is this like research based? Like what's going, what's going oh. on here? Um, uh, c- curious about that, that particular study was, what were the, like, what were the findings in, in that research? What, what were things that you learned from that, that um, perhaps you weren't expecting or, or that kind of stuck out to you and your, your colleagues? That research right now is still, the data is still being analyzed. So we just, we had a hard time because even though you're anonymous, um, you know, we'd start our own threads and, um, you know, it wasn't personally me, but the uh, other researchers in my lab, they uh, would try to kind of build a, a rapport with these people because they're, they anticipate like cops and things being on these websites, sort sure. of trying to get them to say something incriminating. Mm-hmm. So, um, it was really hard to sort of get them to talk to us. So there was just many months of looking and digging. And unfortunately, um, a lot of Reddit threads have been like totally deleted. Uh, So there's some that we know existed that would have been so, I I don't even want to say good, but it would have valuable data. Exactly. Valuable. And uh, they're gone, but we did find others. So they are kind of in the process of analyzing those data. So kind of looking for common themes amongst what these people have said. And I, I can't say anything about those results because uh, I just don't know right, right now. Right. Yeah. I, I, I Sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, you must have some really good personal boundaries to be able to read that content mm. and see it as valuable for your research purposes, even though it's so disturbing. Is that something you had to work actively on in all of the environments that you've been in with regards to sexual violence? Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's that's an ongoing thing for me, for sure. Like there's times when I don't think you really become desensitized to it for sure. There's always stories that, you know, can kind of bring me to tears or shock me no matter how many times I seem to read about so many different scenarios. Um, But I think it's great being surrounded by the people I have in my program and my supervisor as well. Uh, There's a lot of, um, sexual violence prevention and also gender-based violence research that goes on um, at the at my university so I know I can always talk to people um, there but I also just uh, I'm lucky that I have other areas of research that I can focus on so Mm. I would never really take a full day just reading accounts of violence Mm. because that would be too hard yeah I, I'd love to kind of dive into the uh, the topic of the paper that that you initially had come across. Um, I didn't get a chance to read it only because I couldn't I couldn't access it. And I was going to ask you oh. if you would send it to me. And I was like, I don't know if that's polite, oh but uh, but maybe. Yeah, maybe we could just yes. chat about it. Oh, of course. Yeah, I will definitely send you a copy after oh, after this, too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So what was, what, what (laughs) led you out of, out of like campus world and into the massage therapy room? 
while I was sitting in my supervisor's office, just having a meeting, and uh, she got an email. Actually, it was from the Merrill McQueen Ferguson Center for Family Violence Research. Uh, so we're all on the same campus. And uh, they had received um, an email from um, a Provincial Massage Therapy Association mm -hmm. that had conducted their own study uh, on sexual uh, assault and harassment of, of massage therapists in the, in the province. So they, they had their data collected, but they needed someone to help analyze the data. And um, my supervisor was being asked if she'd be interested in, in assisting with that. And so she sort of looked at me and said, well, I have someone here that I know is probably interested. And uh, I was. Um, and I uh, was able to um, meet with the association there. And um, they had established kind of an assault education committee uh, that put together this survey. and. We uh, collected a little more data just to get the numbers up. And then, um, yeah, I was able to look at the data and, and kind of share the story. So what kind of stories are in there? Because as a massage therapy student, I can, you know, one of the things that I was warned about before going into the program by a, a, by a massage therapist was that even though it's 2022, there's still, for some people, a, a disconnect between understanding the difference between massage therapy and sex work. And mm -hmm. so, so she recommended that I sort of mentally prepare myself not to be harassed, but to encounter boundary, like boundaries being very important in terms of maybe clients wanting to ask you out on dates or in, in other situations, you know, finding a client's hand on you during mm -hmm. treatment and things like mm -hmm. that. But it, are those the kinds of stories that fall under the category of sexual harassment in this study? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, um, it's, I mean, it's sad to hear that 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 was uh, something that you heard um, before even really getting into into the program. Um, but it lines up, unfortunately, with uh, what I hear too from from massage therapists. Um, when I do tell them, like, "Oh, actually, I'm looking into this issue," pretty much, not that I've spoken to. Um, you know, hundreds or anything, but just my friends that I have that are massage therapists always say like, oh yes, this is a, a huge issue. Ooh. And so um, it, for this survey, we had uh, 143 massage therapists um, and they could be completely finished uh, and, and working in the province or they could be students of massage therapy as well. Okay. And uh, we found that 75% um, of them had some experience of sexual harassment from clients. And so 26% um, of them actually experienced more than three incidents of sexual harassment. Oh, my God. Yeah. And I suppose being asked on a date isn't really sexual harassment, but are there things that we might not think of that are happening 
in those in those relationships that that would be classified as harassment? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I would say um, even to be asked out on a date, um, you know, like I always make the comparison, you know, if this was your doctor, like, would you walk in and think it's appropriate to ask, you know, your doctor on a date that would be crossing a professional boundary. Mm -hmm. And so um, I feel it is the same you know, to ask your massage therapist, uh, something like that. But there's also um, definitely requesting sexual favors. Mm-hmm. That's a huge one. Um, it, it seems from from our data. Uh, also, um, just sort of revealing themselves, letting the dra- draping fall down and having an erection. Um, there's kind of a majority about 50 a little over 50 percent of the people who did uh experience an incident that incident was uh verbal so the client said something um uh other times the client will ask the massage therapist just to have sex with them playing out or to um have uh group sex with their wives or something like that um But then they'll also, and this is occurring um, usually in treatment, so in the treatment room. But then there are times and reports that we've seen where clients will be waiting for the massage therapist in the parking lot. And, you know, well, even incidents of them following the the massage therapist home. Wow. Um, And... Uh, throwing money in their face um, if they if they uh, refuse a sexual request um, and also online harassment too you know like looking up their uh, massage therapist on Facebook after the session and then maybe sending sexually explicit explicit messages or pictures there as well oh wow yeah I don't, I don't want to scare you. <laughs> I, I was, I was just about, I was like, Braddy, how do you feel? <laughs> I feel, I mean, I feel, I feel mentally prepared for that. I think, uh, I don't anticipate it happening because I don't seem to invite, I don't seem to in, like, I, there's, n- I don't get a lot of, even though we've had this podcast, I've made this comment like so many times, but you know, when we started this podcast, we're open, we're polyamorous and Jeremy would get like bombarded with messages or, you know, interactions socially from people who are like, so you're polyamorous. Does that mean you want to, and no one ever, mm-hmm. no one ever, um, has done that with me, but I, and I also, you know, the, the person who gave me the yeah. advice on the, on, you know, just be aware that some people aren't as, um, clear on the difference between professional massage therapy and, and, and sex work. Um, she models, she models, uh, a lot of poise and boundaries. So if I ever think of myself as being in a potentially tough situation, I'd like to think that I will be able to be unruffled and channel that energy of just Mm -hmm. like, that's not appropriate in this setting. Mm-hmm. Are you going to stop or shall, if you're going to stop, I can continue the treatment. And if not, then the treatment ends here. I mean, the, the thing that, that, that I find quite interesting about all of this is that it's, it, you know, the research is being done in a field that, um, that 
that I, I don't want to say this. I don't want to say this as in like, oh, I get it because I don't like that. They, they just it, it, that boggles my mind that massage therapists have to deal with that bullshit um, in general. But but like it's a it's a it is a profession that um, like you had said, Brady, like there's there's a population of people out there that that don't really necessarily understand that there is a very vast difference between an RMT and a masseuse. And so, you know, hearing that there's people showing up to, a, you know, a massage with a registered massage therapist thinking, oh, like, I guess this is how the happy, like, this is where you get the happy ending. Because, mm-hmm. like, isn't that the thing that that comes with a massage? Like, I, I, I hear that. I'm going, oh, wow, fuck. I never even, like, I never thought, I never even thought that that was a thing that you would maybe have to consider in the work that you're, that you are um, getting yourself into over the next, you know, few years. Um, and so like hearing you say, like, I, I just can't imagine that, that scenario popping up. Like, I would be very freaked out if someone followed me home. Yeah, that- totally. Totally. And, and, and also like, you know, I, I wouldn't be, I, I would maybe push back on your, your thought there of, of like, well, I, I can't imagine it happening to me because because it, I think I'm scary. I think I'm just scary. <laughs> I, yeah, well, you can be scary, but uh, <laughs> but uh, but regardless, uh, scary or not, I I think that uh, I think that it it, it may it, I hear this and it makes a lot of sense to me. Like oh oh yeah wow like what you're saying makes a lot of sense that that people who are RMTs are coming coming up against this issue. Um, one of the things that I'm really curious about when it comes to research like this in particular. Um, what are, what are the like ways that the research that you have conducted, um, what are the ways in that this information can be, um, put to use? Like, what are the applications for this information, um, in terms of getting that information out there and educating, whether it be folks who, you know, those, those, those clients who don't fucking understand what the difference is between a masseuse and a massage therapist um, or, or even massage therapists in general so that they have, you know, more tools in their tool belt to, to uh, assess and deal with a really unfortunate situation like this could potentially be. Right. Well, I think that's definitely the, the uh, whole point of the research is the applied outcome, you know, especially for something like this is, is what are we going to do about it for sure. Um, I will just say that um, the main one thing that I really want uh, to be known is that, you know, of course, uh, it's never the massage therapist, you know, fault that this, this happens, like there's mm-hmm. never um there's never necessarily a way that they've done something sort of wrong uh, that's kind of led this to happen or they've been a little misleading or anything. Um, And I think that beyond um, misconceptions between sex work and massage, um, I think just plain power differences also Mm -hmm. play a role here in in the fact that this is happening. Um, I think that, you know, there is a power differential between the client and the massage (laughs) therapist. Um, I think that the client walks in, you know, thinking that the massage therapist owes them a service, Mm. you know, and um, 
I do think that uh, media contributes to this kind of sustained muddling between, um, you know, services that professional massage therapists offer. Um, so like, for example, um, consistently massage has been within the top 10 search terms on Pornhub, mm -hmm. uh, one of the most popular pornography websites in North America. Never heard of it. <laughs> so I think that, um, you know, the other complicated thing in Canada now, I, I don't know too, too much about, um, becoming a massage therapist. Like I really am kind of the, the sexual violence kind of arm of this. And that's why we do this research and collaboration with massage therapy organizations. Um, but, um, I think that clients, uh, you know, need to be made aware that, you know, we, we know this is happening um, and not every massage therapist in Canada is a registered massage therapist, yeah. right? So there's just some provinces that don't have those kind of obligations um, or those sort of processes, I guess, to, mm -hmm. to become licensed. Um, and I think that you know, sometimes they'll, there is confusion when, for example, um, maybe someone who is a really professional massage therapist, maybe is calling themselves a masseuse. And, mm -hmm. you know, maybe they're advertising their services um, in a certain place that that kind of is, um, is catching the eye of people who are looking for kind of a massage plus. Um, and I think the way that we can basically set the scene when you walk in, like, you know, yes, erotic massage parlors may still exist, but this is not at all one of them, mm -hmm. is having at least to begin a zero tolerance policy, um, right, I would say posted in the in the actual treatment rooms, right in the lobby, um, on the actual uh, forms that the clients have to fill out. Yeah. Uh, um, but also, you know, it's an ideal situation that you're working on a client and you recognize, okay, this person is crossing the line here. Um, so we had um, only 65% of the massage therapists in our study uh, did discharge their client. And for those that didn't discharge their client, the reason they didn't is because they said they thought the situation was ambiguous. You know, mm. it's like, did he really lift up the covers there and like show me his erection? Or was he just like adjusting the covers, mm. you know, or like, did he really mean to grab my leg there? Or did I just think I felt that? Mm. Um, and so then they don't discharge um, their client. Uh, so I think during, um, I think it's wonderful that you are being made aware of uh, the potential for, for this to happen during practice. Um, we don't want people to be scared to become massage therapists, you know, so I think there's a fine line in the way that we, you know, make students aware of the issue. Yeah. But I think it's really important because you do have to be 
you know, prepared for that. And, and there is kind of, I think, uh, actual like education that they could put right in the program. Like there's, uh, different, uh, education programs on, um, setting professional boundaries, Mm -hmm. um, and kind of giving sexual education for professionals Mm. uh, just to give massage therapists some tools, you know? So it's not just like, okay, I'm really, the only tool they have right now is if I'm sure, I know I can discharge them. Mm. And even then, um, I'll just say, uh, you know, you don't know what the client's reaction is going to be. Sure. Turn Me On Podcast, we'll be back after this short break. 1 size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental and more. Learn more at uh1.com. In in terms of the research itself, I mean I I I feel like uh this has kind of gone unsaid but but seems uh kind of i mean i could be wrong but it, but it seems a, a kind of obvious that this the majority of the people that have been a part of the study um are massage therapists who identify as as female um uh is there were there any massage therapists that were male that 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 reported um instances of of sexual harassment on 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 the job Yes, yes, there was. Uh, majority were women, um, but there there were men as well that, yeah, had experiences and even gender diverse individuals as well. Sure. I um, it's you made a really good point about the, you know, in Canada, not every province uh, massage therapy isn't regulated in every province. It is in, I believe, New Brunswick and Ontario and uh, Newfoundland and in British Columbia, but otherwise not. So the word uh, regist- RMT or registered massage therapist is protected. You can't use that unless you've completed the 2200 hour program in Canada, but you can call yourself a massage therapist, whether you've had mm. any training or not, that's, that's mm. not protected. Mm. Um, and there's something really interesting that you made me think of is it, some of my teachers have been in the field for 25 plus years and they've been fighting really hard to get it recognized as a regulated practice here in Halifax. And I think 
you know, there's some of that, like, it's a little muddled in the media when, you know, when we look at what massage therapy is in movies, it's, it's not at all what massage therapy looks like in the actual treatment room. But not only is it misrepresented in the media, but, you know, there, my teacher's point is like, we need, we need doctors and chiropractors and osteos to recognize massage therapy as well. I mean, a lot of them do mm -hmm. if, if they know anything at all about our training. But, you know, traditionally, it's very unlikely for, uh, you know, your average general practitioner or even like orthopedic doctor to say, you know, what would be really helpful for you in your healing is some massage therapy, even though we're trained to work with those kinds of, of issues. We just, we haven't been recognized by other med other professionals in the health industry as sort of equals. So I think that mm -hmm. also probably contributes to, to why maybe massage therapists see more of this than say, you know, osteopaths or chiropractors. There is the other added factor that we're treat, we're treating people generally with no clothes on, which you don't see mm -hmm. a lot in, in other professions. Um, and that gray area of like, was that on purpose? That ambiguousness, I can really, I can really see, particularly with the way that we're socialized to be polite and to, you know, try to give people the benefit of a doubt. It's, it might be easy for those boundaries to be crossed a little bit at, at a time until you're at a point where you're going, okay, now this is blatantly obvious. Mm -hmm. And um, mm -hmm. in our training, we focus on the power and balance of the therapist to the client the other way around. You've got someone undressed in a very vulnerable mm -hmm. state on your table. And what we see, what we don't, we actually have been talking about this at school, but there are a fair number of, you know, examples in the media of, real life uh, massage therapists being sued, taking to court for mm -hmm. things like the drape falling um, or yes. having the treatment not consented to in detail before the client takes off their clothes and gets on the table. So consent is a huge <clears throat> piece in, in training um, in my training right now, but we, we, that's that's mm -hmm. sort of more the angle of power imbalance um, that we've been looking at, not at all at what at what your angle in your research was. So that's mm -hmm. why it caught my eye. It's such a significant yeah. thing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No. Absolutely. I I think that's such a great point that you make about the role that you know other doctors, other people like that could have in in helping to just destigmatize a bit uh, some of these aspects um, that are sort of mistied really to massage therapy. Yeah. Yeah. I am. Um, and, and it's interesting too, uh, out of our survey, it didn't seem to matter if the client was a first time client or a repeat client. So for some, um, therapist, they said that, you know, this was a client I've had for seven years, and they've never done anything like this. And then, you know, something happened. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't seem to make a difference whether they book their uh, appointment in advance, whether they walk in the same day, first time repeat, um, there's no real pattern, I guess, to 
to who could perpetrate it seems so mm. i guess that's another another thing that that uh you know massage therapists have to deal with you know um and also a lot of these uh incidents were happening at multi rmt clinics or multidisciplinary clinics more so than um solo practices interesting yeah, which I think um, that's just a reflection of uh, the fact that if you have a solo practice, you're sort of vetting your clients a little bit more mm -hmm. than just taking appointments as part of a clinic. You might only take clients that are referred to you, for example, if you mm -hmm. work uh, from home. Um, but um, yeah, uh, and another kind of interesting thing, like even though, and it actually relates to what, what you've said too about you're aware of this issue, but from what it sounds, it doesn't sound like you're, you fear it. You're not afraid really necessarily. Am I correct to say that? I, yeah, I guess like theoretically I'm not. That being said, if I, I it does give me pause to think of, let's say I'm working out of my own home studio um, where I might not have a colleague I can call out to if mm. things get freaky, um, um yeah. that, yeah. that does, that gives, that does give me a moment of pause. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I hadn't thought about work being like that, you know, particularly, mm -hmm. you know, see, I, I have this vision of myself in the future, you know, living in the country, having a, a studio on my own land, um, and it being a private mm -hmm. practice and, and probably there being instances where I'm very much alone and there's no one I can, mm -hmm. I can call to for, for assistance. And I, I'd like to think, um, that by that time I'll have taken lots of self-defense classes cause that's on my bucket <laughs> list. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I mean, to, not to joke about it, but I, honestly, I'll probably think about it a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I think I probably take for granted my ability to stay calm and clear headed in stressful situations. That being said, I also know how how easy it is to in a therapeutic setting to, you know, if if someone is oversharing, let's say just oversharing right. personal information, receiving personal information is a part of the job. But mm -hmm. at what point, and, and because of this podcast, like I like to think I'm a safe space to be able to share things. Let's say, you know, is my, my treatment is not, to, not, hasn't anything to do specifically with, let's say your sexuality, but whatever you're coming to see me with may be affecting your sexual sure. health in some way. And that's something that I'd like to think that I have enough history um, with this podcast and the conversations we've had to be able to address and handle in a mature way. That being said, as soon as that's on the table, I feel like I would be on a little more alert mm -hmm. for mm -hmm. potential boundary stuff. Yeah. 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 Morgan, I'm, I'm curious about, um, uh, before we, we wrap things up, your, again, your work is, is so fascinating and, and it does cover like quite a broad spectrum. It sounds like um, what, what do you, what do you have in the woodworks? Like what, what's, what, is there something, uh, coming up or something that you've, you've always thought you really want to dive into in terms of research that you haven't yet? 
um, that you're that you're really excited about? Yes, actually, I'm really excited because we are now our next steps uh, for this research topic is we're going to do a national study. So we want to look at how much is this happening to massage therapists across Canada. And um, we're doing that uh, research in collaboration with the Canadian Massage Therapist Alliance. And uh, that will be really um, hopefully rolling out here in the next few weeks. Mm. Um, So I hope that through that, um, we could just gain a little more clarity on this issue. And and also um, just maybe see if there's differences across Canada and also uh, hear more from massage therapists themselves as to what they want to see happen. Mm. What changes do they think will make them safe? Because I mean, I don't think I could do enough research and ever really know what it's like to be in the room and and to be able to, you know, prevent it totally. You know, mm. you would need to have those those perspectives. So I'm excited about that and um, just continuing to um, do as many kind of like public presentations and I've written some news articles um, I'll also send you uh, the link to, to that and um, just doing my best I guess to represent the people who have been so gracious as to kind of tell their stories through our surveys mm. well Morgan uh, thank you for the work that you do mm-hmm. and uh, thank you for taking time out of your day today to sit down with us and give us a little glimpse into the work you do it's, it's very fascinating and this has been really really delightful Thank you so much for having me and for reaching out. I I really appreciate it. I enjoyed this. (laughs) Okay. Okay. We're back. Hello, folks. Good day. Good Wednesday. Uh, good hump day to all y'all. Um, that was a really lovely conversation. What did you think about that? I loved it. Yeah? I love talking to researchers. Yeah, it's interesting. It's Research one of my favorite things. slow, though, isn't it? It's like, it's like you, 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 do a, you conduct a study. You might spend years. It's like making a movie almost. You might spend years like... Right. Sorry. I thought you were saying... <laughs> I thought you were like... Yeah, but it's just so the, slow the conversation? to talk to them. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> I was like, holy shit, Friday. Use, Hot take. <laughs> they use big words. <laughs> no, I I, uh, it is, I mean, it is really slow, and um, but for good reason, because research takes time. I, I think it'd be the experiment part of it would be really fun, but the compiling of the information and, and organizing it into graphs and, and Oh, fuck like all that. that. I would never want to be a researcher. No. <laughs> oh, Jesus, no. But thank God they exist. Yes. I just love talking to them mm-hmm. so that I can be like, hey, you put all this work into this thing you did. Just give me the Coles notes. Tell me what you learned. I mean, honestly, you never get an answer like, we can say after this one study... With complete certainty that a hundred percent of the time this is effective, it's well, always like, well, you know, and, which is great. That's what si- that's science. I know, but it's so, so slow. Science is never. There's never a hundred percent on anything. <laughs> I know. You know. Um, have we gotten anywhere on the science of dreams? Do we know what that's all about yet? 
I know when I studied uh, psychology 101, they were still like, yeah, we still don't know. I, th- I don't think we do. Okay. No, I think we're still trying to sort that out. Okay, because I had a nightmare last night. Oh, man, I woke up from a nightmare screaming no the other day. I mean... And it was... It wasn't like a nightmare. Like, you know, sometimes you're like, oh, I had a nightmare. Like, like I had a dream that like donut got run over by a bus. Like, that's a nightmare for sure. Yeah. Um, and that's a nightmare that I, I don't I don't want to have. No. I don't like having those types of nightmares or like like someone I know like getting hurt or like something like that. This nightmare was just a straight up like straight up scene out of a fucking horrifying scary movie. Okay. And I was I was the subject oh. of that scary movie. And it, I woke up screaming no and woke Donut up. He was like, what the fuck's going on? And I... I sat there for a minute and I was like, holy shit, that was, that was, that was really scary. And I loved it. Oh, I was like, wow, that was great. But then I was like, but I don't want to go back to that. (laughs) So so like I did my whole, my my routine of how to knock it back into the dream. Which is what? I roll over to my other side. Oh, okay. And it's almost like it etch-a-sketches my brain and I I start anew. But if I laid down on the same side, I would be... Right back where I left off. Interesting. You've never done that? You've never tried that? No. I mean, I think I, I do toss and turn a little bit when I'm having, when I'm trying to get back to sleep after a, a nightmare. So I huh. probably do it and I didn't even think about it. But that's a really good tactic. If you ever wake up from like having a really great sex dream mm-hmm. and you're like, fuck, that was, I really didn't want that to end. Yeah. Uh, don't roll over. Just stay whatever position you're in. Stay there. And go and, right back and into try, it. And try to close your eyes again. It's so funny because they're so fleeting. Like you can be waking up from a dream and you're like, I'm not ready to wake up from this dream yet. I'd like to hang out here. I'm really trying to read the information on this page in my dream and I'm having trouble getting through it because I'm waking up or and then after being awake for like pages in your dreams, sometimes I'm like, I'm trying to I'm trying to read a speech or something, you know, and then and then I'd be like, I just need to make it to the end of this page. And then like 30 seconds after I'm awake, I forget the whole dream yeah but last night i was having a dream that i wanted to talk to you about because you were in it oh, okay and yeah. um in my dream when we were a bunch of we were a bunch of people were hanging out we were sort of i think like i don't know whatever we were all in this one place um where we were kind of sleeping in the same quarters in a house with you know our own rooms or whatever but there was a group of people we we're spending time together and it came to light that <coughs> one of the women was sleeping with one of the people in the group that was not her boyfriend so there was a is this a cult no no it's not a cult dream okay do you have any other questions (laughs) how did i look Uh, i look kind of jacked up i've been going to the gym and uh, (laughs) i feel really good like i i'm i'm in the best shape of my life so like in this dream was i uh, how far along progressing am i i don't know because you were only on the phone so oh, here. as per usual. Yeah, you're just hanging <laughs> on the phone. You sounded strong, no? <coughs> yeah, thank you. <laughs> um, and so I was in the house and I see this guy walking out of the girl's bedroom and I'm like, okay, something's going on there. And he sees me and I see him and I'm like, not into this. So for some reason I decide I'm going to go rat him out and I'm walking out of Uh-oh. the house Uh-oh. and he starts following me and mm. I have like a ways to go to get to the people I need to relay this information to and I can see and I can't run I can't get I can't go fast he's catching up to me so this guy was cheating on his lady 
Well, or sorry, yeah, yeah he was involved in, in uh, a cheating Okay, scenario. a woman who was seeing somebody else mm-hmm. was sleeping with him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you were like, I don't like this. I'm going to go tell <coughs> this guy. Tell the other guy, the tell, guy tell that's in the room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is, yeah. That is that his girlfriend cheating on him. Yeah. And, but it became really clear that this, this, this guy that was, you know, sleeping with her did not want that information to be shared. So he, he was chasing me in a very menacing way. Oh, no. And somehow I managed to get you on the phone. Okay. And I called you. Oh, and that's where I sound <coughs> sounded really strong. And you sounded really strong. And I said, Jeremy, you're sounding extra strong these days. I'm really scared. I really, this guy's chasing me. Oh, that's I'm scary. unsafe. Yeah. Like I really, and the it's just you're just quiet on the line. And I can tell you're you're with the other people. I can hear them in the background. And I'm like, I really need you to just like drop what you're doing and come to me right now. And your response was, but we're going to Talay Thai. <laughs> You were going for Thai food, and you didn't want to count Thai. Thai is a local Thai restaurant, <laughs> which is not my favorite. <laughs> well, it was more important to you than coming to save my life in my dream. I do love Thai food to the de- to to like a fault. Mm-hmm. I would, I would. I was crying on the yeah, phone. Yeah, 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 and I love Thai. <laughs> <laughs> um, Don't get in the way of my <laughs> chicken green curry with no eggplant. <laughs> Medium um, spice. So, which is actually your order. Would you order what, like every other day? Uh, yeah, probably once a day. Once a day. <laughs> your daily lunch <laughs> special. Um, so, you know, my question to you isn't what would you do in that scenario for real? Because I know you would be right there. Oh, I would be. Not only would I show up sounding strong. Yeah. I'd kick the fucking door in <laughs> looking strong. That's what I And intimidating. That's what I thought you'd say. Puffing my chest out. I'd peacock the fuck out of that scene. Mm-hmm. And whoever's whoever's got a a strong uh, uh, a, a strong gate walking towards you would immediately turn on a dime and go, not worth it. Not, not fighting that guy. Yeah, not worth it. Uh, my question to you is, <coughs> what, do you, what, what would you do if people that you knew... Oh, the cheating thing. We're, we're, the, we're being cheated on. Oh, right? yeah. Th- I mean, that's a tough one. Yeah, That's I know. a tough one. I, I think it's all quite dependent on who's cheating on who and what the circumstances are and what my relation is to everyone involved. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like, um, so if, let's say, um, my best friend who is a uh, who's a woman was and and I know that I know that she's in a relationship with a, this guy and they are very much um, monogamous in their relationship and I know that they're they're not like they haven't opened things up and yeah yeah whatever um, and I'm out and I see her I see him oh you see him ch- like um, making out with some okay some random person in an alleyway um i would have to say i would have to tell my best friend you wouldn't go to him first and be like you need to tell her or i'm gonna tell her uh maybe it depends on like my relationship to him right right so yeah yeah that's probably that's probably the best way to do it um that's probably the most like compassionate way to do it um but again, it's like it depends on my, like my relation to this person. Um, now, say like 
I feel like this is really like dumb. This is all hypothetical. I hate hypotheticals. <laughs> Um, but, but let's say that, uh, that let's say the tables are turned and my best friend, you know, this girl that I've known my entire life grown up with t- loved to death. Uh, I found out that, sh- that they were cheating on their partner. Um, I, I definitely wouldn't tell the their, partner. their partner, No. but I would have a conversation with her and yeah. be like yo what's the deal you would too what's a the lot deal of people here? would just avoid that scenario altogether. oh i would definitely have you a conversation about it yeah i'd be like yo what are you doing mm-hmm. like is this are you sure is this the is this the route you want to take um and then if it was like if it was some if it, you know if it was someone that i sort of knew and knew they were in a relationship i go eh, it's none of my fucking business no uh, like business. I'm, I'm not gonna i'm not gonna get involved in this but it's like it, it's the people that would be really close to me really 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 close mm-hmm. that's where i go okay i'm gonna i'm going to get involved to the degree at which i need to be involved in order to make sure that whoever is involved in this is is not getting massively hurt mm-hmm. um but it's funny you know i don't know like we I, I mean this isn't a part of the conversation that we had with uh with morgan but we have had some conversations recently with people, especially people like who do a lot of research in and and like um, therapy surrounding sexual relationships and mm-hmm. intimate relationships. And like we've been talking a lot about like Ashley Madison and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and <clears throat> like. Uh, it's sort of shifted my thinking about infidelity. Right. In the sense that before before these conversations, I was always like, infidelity is the is bad and it is never good. And, you know, fuck you for doing it. And mm-hmm. but but it's but but again, like everything in the world, and it's so easy to forget this, everything is nuanced. Um, and so there with those n- nuances come, you know, uh certain viewpoints and and uh, like looking at things in a way that maybe you wouldn't wouldn't be the way that you would like initially just like shoot like gravitate towards and so i don't know like here's a here's a here's a really good example actually so my dad cheated on my mom right and it ended their marriage and it was really awful um and the way that all came to light was that my dad got caught red-handed in a really awful way Mm. It was, it was really like, it was really unfortunate for him, the way that he got caught. Well, and, and just for our listeners, like, the, he, your mom didn't like walk in on him or anything. Mm-mm. It was just like a, a message. No, no, no. It was a like, found message. Yeah, it was like, it was like my mom got it, basically got a text message from her, from the, the lady that my yeah. dad had been seeing accidentally. And that's how it all came to, to light. Now, before this had happened, before he got caught, him and I went out for mm-hmm. beers. Yeah. And because I knew something was going on with my well, dad. Well, he was already he was already talking about leaving the relationship. That's right. Yeah. So I knew something like my dad wasn't in a, a great spot. And so I took him out for beers. And I remember in that moment when we were having drinks, um, you know, he was expressing a bunch of thoughts and feelings about how he where he was at in his life. And I could tell that like th- something wasn't right. And so I remember, at, you know, I was, I was I was going, are you... You know, like what, like what's stressing you out in your life? You know, do you think you're depressed? Like ask him on all these things. Right. It was a, we were having a really like really vulnerable, open, deep, like heart to heart conversation. 
And and I also threw out there. I was like, "Are you seeing someone else? Mm-hmm. Like, are you are you are you cheating on mom?" Mm-hmm. And his response was, "No." So he lied to me there, right? And which I was very angry about. Donut, can you fucking mm-hmm. just chill, dude? What is with the like? You're trying to dig to China. He's going through. Come here. He's just come on up. He's building a bomb shelter. Don't, <laughs> dude. He's building. You don't a bomb need to shelter. nest. You are. You he's, just. Um, he's doing it for all of us. <laughs> so, um, uh, where was I? So, so he lied to me and he said no. Now, if if in that moment he had actually told me the truth and said yes, I've been cheating on your mother and I've been, I have this completely other relationship that I've been in for two years. I would have heard him out and I wouldn't from that moment. I would not have gone and told my mother. Right. I would have been like, okay, well, you got to tell mom, you got to tell mom. I'm not fucking doing that. But like, or you just got to stop it. Yeah. But like one or the other, you know, either tell mom or figure your shit out. Do you think that if he had, if you had, if that had played out that way, you, you, and he had just ended the affair. Do you think, think you would have kept that secret forever yeah 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 Yeah, because in that case i think that and again this is all dependent on my dad ending that thing and showing up for my mom and being a really great partner Mm -hmm. that to me is more worth um that's more worth it to me than having to reveal that secret that could that very very well could have and, and probably would have just ended the relationship well hard to say because your mom you right. know, this totally hard to say but but at the risk of it ending the relationship yeah i'd rather go all right cool me and you dad we'll take this to our fucking grave yeah and and our lives will be better for it mm-hmm. no no one will end up getting hurt you fucked up you did it you did a really shitty thing but i i value your um, truth mm-hmm. and your honesty and I value your relationship with my mom mm-hmm. and so I don't want anything to come in between between those two things and mm-hmm. so I will I, w- I would hold on to that mm-hmm. now someone might hear that and be like well that's really shitty for your mom mm. and yeah sure if that, if, I mean that's a valid opinion but again <coughs> is it like and, and again, this is a very specific example. Is that thing worth bringing out into the light if it, could, if it could so cause much so much hurt and so much pain? Yeah. When, when, it, when you know, if, if for real the person who is doing the cheating is like, okay, I'm done with this and, and I've, I've, I've learned my lesson. I yeah. don't know. Well, I don't know where, like, what do you think? Um, I don't know. I think I'm naive. And so... There's a part of, you know, I'm 38 now and I feel like everything, it's almost unnecessary to say this, but everything that I learned about relationships and partnerships, basically like as a, as a young person growing up was just completely not helpful to me as an adult. You know, my, my parents didn't really teach me anything about conflict, yeah. about having hard conversations <laughs> You know, they didn't prepare me for adult relationships. And then they certainly didn't prepare me to 
to have thoughtful conversations about what I wanted and what I don't want in my relationship. So the whole monogamy versus non-monogamy mm. thing, I think, I think I've had my heart broken by people my whole life when I expect them to be people who are like, in quotes, following the rules and then find out that they're not. Like I've, I'm just like, what do you mean you're not? What do you mean you're cheating? Or like, what do you mean? Like, but knowing what I know now about how, you know, for the most part, and, and hopefully it's different for newer generations, and I know it's different for the odd, odd, you know, old person like me out there who were given options, who were raised being like, you know, if you choose monogamy, then these are some things that you may want to include in your conversations with your partner about, you know, what's cheating, mm. what's not cheating. But... At this point in my life, I feel really, you know, like kind of un. I'm not good at conflict. So, you know, I put myself in your dad's situation in that conversation when you straight up asked him and my knee jerk reaction would probably be to go. No. Yeah, of course. Because I don't I can't I don't want I don't want to open that can of worms. Yeah. And I don't want the immediate repercussions. Yeah. You know, then I'm going to cry and yeah. nobody wants, th I don't want that. Yeah. Um, but lying. I know, I know. Is so not like. And you know what? <coughs> sorry. I let me say this. Lying, lying. Um, I, I, I don't like lying, period. Mm -hmm. I, 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 have a, I have a really hard time with it. But there's a big difference between. Um not not saying something that that has happened when not being asked so like not not just volunteering information in order to something wrong yes exactly mm -hmm. that which that is like you know so so like let's say i cheated on you in our relationship but you never asked me about it and i never told you about it i am i am perpetually lying to you every day by not admitting to you that i did this thing and that to me is uh, it, if if I'm on the receiving end of that kind of lie, I'm more I'm much more forgiving about that, um, I think, than I would be to asking for for something uh -huh. and being told straight up yeah. that that isn't the case. And so 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 that's the th if I had never asked my dad, yeah, are you seeing somebody? Then you wouldn't be as mad. Then I, w I wouldn't have taken it the way I took it. Yeah. When he full on fucking lied to me. Because I do feel like I laid out a, a, a very like reasonable space for him to, 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 to come clean about that. Um, where I, I, I think, I hope he felt, my, my intention was that he could, he felt like he could share that and there wouldn't be repercussions. Yeah. There wouldn't be some sort of like immediate knee-jerk response to lash out yeah. or whatever. And and that that really was the case. Like if he had said to me at the bar that day, like, yes, I have been seeing this woman behind your mother's back. My immediate response would have been like, okay, all right, let's talk about it. And, uh, you know, tell me why. And how, like, how does it feel? Are, are you in love with this person? Mm -hmm. are, are you, you know, what do you, what do you need? What do you want? Like, But his choice was to go, n absolutely not. Mm -hmm. and, and almost like, how dare you assume that? Yeah. 
Yeah. And that to me, like that's the that's the type of lie that I'm like that I've uh, that I will hold on to for a long time. Right, and, and see, it takes a lot of work to get past that. If it had been me and I had given you that response, it would have been me doing that because inside I'm going, I'm not, I haven't, I'm not prepared. Yeah. For this conversation, it, and you put me on the spot. Yes. And I haven't done all the things that I would do <coughs> if I were going to come to you with something with that I thought might hurt yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. Um. So. You know that that's what that knee jerk, and that's and that's is. where my dad was coming from. Yeah, for totally. sure. I, I I mean I've never spoken. I've never we never broke down that. Yeah, that but I'm I'm assuming that's where my dad was coming from. You know, like. And I feel like with your dad as this example too. He's probably in a bit of denial. Yeah. As well, because the whole thing was. It was all know. fucked up and hard. Yeah. And just for clarification, my dad is now with this woman. Has been with her for a long time. She's a, a lovely human being. I care for her and you know my mom has, is now seeing this really wonderful guy and I think uh, in in as as tough as it was on the family it's all working out for the best and that's true and I think in it's classic Saunders fashion <laughs> yeah, things yeah. just come around seem to, to work the positive out. yeah yeah so uh so yeah um yeah yeah what what, what made you bring that up well, be- just, just because, because of the dream, of, just because of that dream, and and um, you know, like I, I don't want to dread. I certainly don't want to dredge up other people's personal stories, but you know, we both know someone uh, for whom that kind of uh, s- snitching, let's say, went over very, very, very badly, um, like violently. And uh, do we? Yeah, we we do, and I I don't know if if um. Do I know this? Yeah, you do, and and I don't know if they listen to the show. I don't want to like. No, no, say their name annoying. and where they live and what their phone number is. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um. So it just made me wonder. It's like, well, if my nose was in someone else's business like that, you know, <coughs> m- my safety safety could be an an issue. Yeah. Um. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. I and I had I had never really given it much thought either. Like. You know, if it was my best friend and I saw someone doing something that I thought would hurt them, for sh- yeah, I think I, I don't know how I would even approach that. It'd be a hard, it'd be a hard conversation to have. And there's got to be like some friendships that fall sort of on that line of like, are we close enough for me yeah. for this to be my business? Yeah. Or the or thing, not? the thing you also have to consider in that, in that, like if you find yourself in that position is like. If that person who you know is being hurt ever found out that you knew that you knew and you never told them, that could be really that could be that could be a sort of friendship ending experience. Yeah. Where they go, what the fuck? I thought I I thought you were my friend. Yeah. You know, it's true. And I'm not a take it to the grave kind of person. Like if I have something that I cannot be honest about. Yeah. It it bores a hole. Yeah, through yeah. my literally my gut like yeah. it like it gives me so much anxiety to have something that i can't be honest about yeah that's why i'm not even good at like prank like when a prank is happening in a room that i'm in <laughs> i'm just like dying rolling on the ground with anxiety and <laughs> yeah, throwing yeah, right, up right yeah i'm not fun in that way yeah i guess w- and i want to talk about it too with morgan's episode because you know ethics is something you know we didn't explicitly bring that up with with Morgan but in my training as a massage therapist it's like you know what is ethical what and a lot and you'd like to think that there are hard 
fast rules for how you should behave in a given situation but uh they can uh, ethics can be subjective and yeah what i think is the right thing to do could be different <coughs> than yeah what you think um yeah, I got, I've never been in that situation, so I I don't know. I can't imagine. I would feel a sense of responsibility too for what happened in that relationship. You know, if I told a friend that mm. I saw their partner, you know, then I'm there for the f you know, say that relationship ends and my friend needs someone to lean on. Then mm -hmm. I feel like I don't really like to be that much up in people's business, but yeah, to be. But again, it, it's <coughs> again. I think it's all really, really dependent on like a lot of different factors. Your relationship to everyone involved, where that relationship began, mm -hmm. what like how 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 much you value certain aspects of that relationship, like all those things probably play a role and a part in whether or not it is the right thing to do or just n the right thing to not do, you yeah. know. And just as an afterthought to that little conversation, I, I'm just going to say um, that that thing about you, about the lying that you can't stand, yeah. um, m makes you one of the most trustworthy people I've ever met. Like I've never, I, you know, like in, in any previous situations with people you've dated or whatnot where where I like jealousy becomes an issue. There's always a part of me that's like, uh, if you only knew that, that Jeremy is incredibly trustworthy. Yeah. He just has, you know, when we first started dating, I had to wrap my head around the fact, again, being an inexperienced adult in <coughs> adult relationships, that it's okay to have friends of the other gender and like a mm. lot of them. Mm -hmm. And you, and you always have. And, you know, I came out of a, a relationship when you and I got together where my partner also had some female friendships, but I was voraciously jealous yeah, and yeah, insecure. Yeah. And I think I just had to get over it with you. Yeah. Maybe that, maybe, uh, maybe, thanks for that. And um, maybe I should put that in my dating profile. My wife says that I am <laughs> very, very trustworthy. trustworthy. <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> yeah, a reference. Oh, you put fuck. a reference list in your. Yeah. in your dating bio man i fucking tell you i hate it i hate fucking dating apps man yeah what are there any new ones or are they all still the same it's all the same shit nothing new nothing bumble new. hinge and tinder okay and they all suck do they which one what's hinge again bumbles she talks first yeah right yeah tinder's a fucking cowboy free for all wild yeah, west pretty and much. what's hinge hinge is like i mean they're all the same <clears throat> but hinge you know, their whole like MO is like, this is an app that's meant to be deleted. Like they're, they're, they're long-term you know, relationships. Yeah. They're taking the stance of like, we're going to help you find your, your like, your one, your, your one true love kind of <laughs> thing. It hinge feels more serious. You know, it's, it seems like, it seems like a lot of the, uh, you know, like with Tinder, it's like, here's, here's my photos. I'm not even going to put a fucking bio. <laughs> it's just like, look at me. If you think I'm hot, swipe right. Yeah. You know, like there's a lot of that on there where it's just like. Okay, like, but who are you? Yeah. And then, but Hinge is like, it sort of forces you to be like, hey, he, like, here's a bunch of stuff about me. So you can get like an idea of who I am. Um, yeah, I fucking, it's so dumb. I would imagine in a town as small as Halifax that it would just be the same faces on all the apps. Yeah, I, yes and no, but y you know what? <coughs> I, have, I, have a, I have a bit of a gripe with that 
that uh, s- sentiment. I, I don't think Halifax is not as small as people like to like to say it is. There's so many people in this city that I've never met. There's so many people in this city that I don't know. Yeah. There's so many people in this city that are that I don't know and don't know anyone that I know. Like yeah. that is that's a fucking thing. You know what? There's also so many people in this city that you don't know that know you. There is so many of, of that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, which 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 is um which can be great and it can also be very not great. Yeah. yeah. And listeners and and if any of you live in Halifax and you have uh said hi to me or waved to me and I've kept walking like nothing <laughs> happened. Yeah. First of all, my hearing is going. <laughs> I don't recognize faces. This yeah. is the thing about me. I can't place faces. So <coughs> I'm so sorry. I yeah. and I've been accused I've been I actually my boyfriend before you uh had some female friends that literally pulled that particular gripe with me because I walked by them in the mall and didn't say hi. I literally to this day Shanda and Kinley, I didn't see you. <laughs> I didn't even see you. Stop talking about me behind my back. That's all. Kinley from like PEI? Yeah. That's yeah. really funny. I think it was the two of them. Yeah. They were that's, really good friends with That's me. funny. My ex boyfriend. Uh yeah. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. I really hate growing, dating. Growing pains. Um all right. Well, I don't want to go down. I was I was gonna get into the. Uh, I'm not gonna complain about dating right now. Okay. Let's not. Let's not do that. Um, <clears throat> oh, but here's a here's a thing that I would like to put out there to our listeners. Um, uh, I am. So, so I I I go through like very. Um, I I listen to a lot of like a very eclectic mix of music. Uh-huh. Yep. But I go through I go through phases. It's kind of like cereal. Like I will I, like I will go on like a three month bender of only eating Frosted Flakes, and then I'll go. Right, I'm getting a little tired of Frosted Flakes, and I'll mix it up. And I'll do like Shreddies for a while. Get tired of that a lot quicker, and then move on to like Fruit Loops, and then uh, you know, and then maybe like some Sugar Crisp for a bit. Um, and music's the same thing. I have like, you know, I'll go through a period where I'm like, all right, I'm just like I'm just only listening to rap that's all i'm listening to or i'll only listen to like really weird psych rock or psych pop um and i have my go-tos that i that i like no matter what i will constantly be playing anyway like kurt vile or Mm. king gizzard or like mac demarco but i've (coughs) one one thing that i've never listened to and probably never will listen to is like pop country Mm-hmm. I don't like pop country. I love like bluegrass and I love like old timey kind of shit. Uh, but but pop country just can't. No matter what, never going to fucking. Not relatable. Not relatable. Don't really give a shit about, <laughs> uh, you know, driving my truck and and like having a bud, having a bud and like, look at that. Look at that girl in in cut off jeans, you know, like that whole fucking whatever. I don't it like that. just like you. It's, it's awful. Um, uh. But one thing that I've never actually gotten into like heavily, but I've 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 beat around the bush and listened to a lot of like the outsides of it is uh, is metal and like heavy metal. So I love doom metal, which is like it is a subgenre of metal that is very like slow, like sludgy, droning kind of like, you know, one or two notes that just go like on and on. And is there singing? 
Yeah, sometimes, yeah. Um, there's sometimes singing. Anyway, I love I love doom metal. There's a band called Sleep. They're amazing. Like I saw them here in Halifax a few a couple of years ago. They're awesome. And I like um, I like uh, um, I like you know like like post punk kind of stuff and uh, and like 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 you know like like noise rap anyway so these genres that like aren't quite metal but like there's definitely some like metal tendencies to them but the whole like like sort of like machine gun kick drum like like that fucking hard yeah. metal like 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 Alexis on fire screaming I, lo- I I mean I grew up with Alexis on fire fucking love them but straight up like metal metal yeah. never never listened to it but didn't hate it every time it comes on i'll be like oh, this is really interesting but <clears throat> it's not my i'm not gonna go for it well in the last week i've been going through the you know the phases of grief of a breakup okay that we're all familiar with yeah. and you know the sadness is like the sadness is starting to wear off a little it's still really it's still really there and i've been listening to way too much like big thief and like i'm with listen i, I just mm-hmm. w- I was listening to way too much like sad music yeah. and I was like I gotta get out of this I gotta get out of this slump but I'm not ready to listen to like happy music you know I'm not like I'm not jumping on like um, you what, know what's happy music I don't know like Marabou State oh, yeah. you know or yeah. like or like Phoenix like yeah. that shit you yeah. know it just like makes you it's like summer's here let's fucking go like <laughs> I wanna, I'm gonna just bop my head and feel good like that that stuff I'm not really ready for um so I'm I'm kind of like I'm and I like to emote through music. I like to feel music to feel feelings. Right. <clears throat> and I stumbled across this uh I was working out. Uh, I've been I, I don't know if I told you but <coughs> I've been working out. <laughs> and uh and I feel really good you and barely and fit I, in that chair anymore. <laughs> and I was like I need some music to work out to and I I I looked up like I was like maybe I'll listen to some like metal rap. Like rap metal. I've like I've kind of like touched a little. Like I love rap a lot, but never really listened to like rap metal. So I found this guy named Ghostmane, and while I was listening to it, I was working out, and I was like, "Holy fucking shit!" Like I'm, I'm doing. I, I have incredible strength of <laughs> from listening to this music. You know, it's like that pump up music where you're like, "Fuck yeah!" And you're like, you're working out with like almost a sense of like rage. Yeah. And, um, you know, like, it, like when you listen to like a, like a really good, like rendition of like a Rage Against the Machine song, you just want to fucking like throw your head around and, and thrash. Like I was, I was working out with that energy and I was like, holy shit, this is what I need right now. Get away from it. Like, I don't want fucking Big Dreamy Thief folk. anymore. I gotta, and like no more Phoebe Bridgers. I gotta, I, no. I need this shit that's going to make me, I, I need to like rage out with music. Okay. Um, so I reached out on my Instagram. I was like, look, the, who, what, people, what's like the, what's the music you like to rage to? And I had a bunch of people send me some awesome stuff. Um, you know, like Lamb of God, really classic, like metal band. Um, uh, a few others, but man. So uh, my pal, my friend Willow. Uh-huh. <laughs> the art the musical artist willow yeah so weird to say my friend um she she texted me was like yo he, listen to these songs and she sent me this band called 
Uh, here, let me just find it really quickly. Jesus Peace. Oh, God. Why? Lamb of God, Jesus Peace. Oh, the names are so they fucking great. They just love to just they're, wrestle with oh, God. Oh, they're so great. They're, they're great. There was one called like Demented Fetus, Fetus oh, I think. Of course. I loved it. But Demented. Jesus Peace m- melted my face. And I was like, this is exactly what I'm looking for. So I know that probably the majority of our listeners aren't huge into the metal scene. Mm -hmm. And I know that I have a a lot of friends that are, and they've been sending me really great stuff. But if you're listening to this and you have any like fucking head, like I want to know what your rage music is and I want to dive into it fully. And I'm going to listen to every fucking recommendation I get because I have hit, this isn't, this is like, again, I was saying that I listened to a lot of music. But this is the first time in a long, long time where I have like found this genre that I have like heavily exploded into this like deep interest into. And I'm very excited to like really dive into it. Mm-hmm. So I want, if you're listening to this, uh, turn me on podcast at gmail.com. Send me recommendations of like really good fucking rage music because I think I've found my like, like next new favorite genre. A reverse Just the Tips. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Here's the Just the Tips. Watch the movie fresh. Okay. Period. Okay. Maybe you watch the movie fresh yeah. and next week we can talk about it. Okay. It would be a good uh, it would be a good uh, conversation piece for the show. Okay. I won't say anything other than it is super dark and twisted and fucked up. Yeah. Um but a wild ride of a movie and if you like it's not horror it's not scary horror it's like get out horror you know like some disturbing stuff makes you feel weird but not it's not like boo gotcha yeah uh fresh it's on disney plus okay so and it just came out and it's got uh sebastian stan in it the guy that's that plays tommy lee in pam and tommy i haven't seen that have you uh i watched a little bit of it yeah It's it's cool yeah it's cool He's a great actor. He's Is fucking he? great. And this this other uh, woman who I, I don't think I've, I don't know if I've seen her much before, uh, uh, Daisy Edgar Jones. Wait, plays? She plays Pam? the, she, no, 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 no. Oh, she's she, she's She's impressed. She plays the, uh, yeah, she plays the, the co-lead. And uh, the, the first like 30 minutes of the movie is very sweet and very cute. And they have amazing chemistry. The okay. last hour of the movie, holy moly. It takes a very hard and fast and intense tonal shift. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Cool movie. Very Especially cool. for a Disney Plus movie. Disney Plus doesn't give a fuck now. Oh. Oh, are you kidding me? Disney Plus is what t- Pam and Tommy is on Disney Plus. Oh, really? I oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Disney okay. Disney is going, look. Growing up. We like Disney's the Lion King's up. here and it's great <laughs> and it's not gonna go anywhere, but like we need to fucking we if we're gonna sex. like Yeah, we we need to hit a, a different demographic here and we're not just you know, they, you, uh, the whole X Files series is on Disney Plus. Okay, it's been a godsend because they took it off Netflix. Okay, and so. you've already seen that entire series at least once. Yeah, I'm rewatching it through re-watching season it. three now. All right, all right. Okay. All right. I well, don't have adjust the tips except for <coughs> I don't know. Maybe have a bedtime that you stick to. That's mine. That's mine. <laughs> That's it. I really got screwed up by the time change that uh, happened on Sunday. One so hour. So fucking dumb that we do that. It, I got changed one hour, and now I'm looking at the clock trying to fall asleep, and it's 9.30, yeah, we gotta get 10.30, and I'm like, 
We, what we happened? Need, Saskatchewan's got to fucking figure it out, man. They're like, fuck all we're this time change shit. No, we're not doing that. Just right smack dab in the middle of the country. You know, it's actually bad for your health. Yeah, I'm not. No, I'm telling you. Yeah. It's like. It's bad for your mental health. Yeah. It really fucks us up. More accidents happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All that stuff. Yeah. yeah. Why are we, why, like, why are we doing so it? so arcane. All right, folks. Well, I hope you enjoyed that. <laughs> um, uh, if you want to watch this segment, you can do that on our Patreon. Yes, you can. Um, and not only are you watching the segment, if you do it on Patreon, but you also know in your heart that you're supporting a podcast that you like and that you listen to. And really, if you if you think about it, if you went out today and bought what I'm drinking right now, which is a oat milk latte with a little bit of vanilla in it, this costs $7. If I buy one of these every day, which I almost do, that's a fuckload of money over the span of a month. Yeah. Now, let's say I didn't buy one today and instead i took that seven dollars and i just gave it to one of my favorite podcasts through patreon it's not that it's not that much money compared to how much you'd be paying every day for one of these so uh you know as simple as five bucks a month patreon.com slash turn me on yeah thank you patrons those of you who have been supporting us for such a long time yeah we really appreciate and we wouldn't be here still doing it if we if we didn't have that kind of feedback but we also like to receive uh written uh, praise and support so yeah. feel free to uh, hit us up with that as well turn me on podcast at gmail.com and of course you can always if your pockets are empty we know times can be hard sometimes you can also um, head on over to what Spotify follow us right yeah it's you a follow, follow us button. on Spotify and leave a rating review? they can leave a rating no reviews on Spotify no reviews. but you can on Apple podcasts yeah and uh, we like those too it's <laughs> also helpful we do well, folks, thank you. We love you all. Uh, that is it for this week. Mm-hmm. Until next week. I said it. I did it this time. I did it my way. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 